Well, hello again, awesomers. It's me. It's your old buddy, Steve Simonson. And uh, I've got great news. I'm back. And we're doing another Awesomers uh, podcast. And the segment uh, is part, today's segment is part of the longer Founder Foundations miniseries. Now, the truth is, uh, and I'm giving you kind of a, a mid, mid-month peek into what I'm doing, I'm giving you kind of a, a blueprint or layout for how you train yourself on the subject matters that I've outlined and how you train your leadership team. And I'm giving you kind of the, the kind of top level view of the situation or the, at least the subject matter. The objective here is so that you don't have to wonder about, you know, gosh, what should I start with? And then what should I work on next? Um, both for yourself and for your team. This is kind of a tried and true, <laughs> tried and true methodology to to get basis of understanding, kind of level set on your core principles, and then move into different functions of your business. So for the first several segments of this mini series, we talked about the the literal foundations, your own beliefs, your own values, your own principles, and how to articulate those. And how to put those together in such a way that it it puts your business on a very clear uh, goal, right? There's milestones for your strategic objective. You have a nice articulable, articulatable. Yeah, if I can't articulate articulable, then we got a problem. You have a nice story that is easy to articulate. Try it that way. And and other elements of your you know finding your why and so on and so forth. Then we're moving into just kind of a, a baseline of let's get marketing introduced to yourself from a philosophical perspective, and then we'll get more tactical later. And it, all of these things can apply both to an executive or founder or anybody who is in the leadership team. Now, uh, we're going to continue today's marketing introduction. So this is a sub-segment, if you will. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, why we dive deeper into customer bias and behaviors instead of just staying with the the general principles of the avatar and the geographic targets that we've already covered. Each of these being check marks towards a very firm understanding of our core mission and therefore our core kind of behaviors and and even tasks that we must accomplish to. Uh, produce the output that we intend vis-a-vis uh, -vis the strategic objective. Uh, I do think customer bias and behavior is an important one because, um, again, I'll use the uh, e-commerce mindset. We will often look at our competition and we will identify some gap that their product uh, either creates as a problem and then and could be overcome or some gap that it lacks and that same concept of overcoming the gap could be now making your product more feature rich. This applies to services as well. If you are a uh, an agency or some sort of service provider and you say, you know, golly, everybody is offering, you know, a, uh, let's just say a DIY product and you can somehow offer a done for you product with a rational price point that could really uh, disrupt that entire uh, segment of the market that you're in. So no matter what type of business, it doesn't matter if you're in e-commerce or manufacturing, uh, service providing, 
any of these things, um, sales, it's all applicable. And, you know, we talked a little bit uh, uh, earlier about the psychographics, and I, I referred to the PRISM graphics as one brand of psychographic modeling. And I really do encourage you guys to go Google it and learn a little bit about it and figure out if there's a way for you to, you know, to kind of look at your own audience and understand it through some of the third-party services that can take your data set and uh, apply some, some data appensions to it. So this is beyond just here's an email or here is a, a physical address to start marketing to. This goes into the psychology of what makes people buy. And there are lots of great books. I, I love the book Persuasion. Uh, that is a wonderful breakdown of the psychosomatic uh, process that people go through to make a purchase. And remember, you know, despite all of the whiz bang new, you know, methods of, you know, customer journey and this and that, like it's all a funnel, right? It starts with nobody knowing you and then it moves down farther and farther as you go to, hey, awareness, you start to become aware or you've heard of this company or it's interrupting you with an ad. Then you're trying to move them farther down towards a purchase. So you're trying to find hooks and ways of motivating them. You're trying to find um, some angle to get your product to appear to be more uh, as a fun, uh, met, you know, fun way to solve the problem. Let's say it's a kid's toy. So my, my kids are going to have more fun with this product. So that that brings product acceptance towards their brain by saying, oh, my kid's going to have more fun with this, or my kid's going to be more safe with this product. It has less potential to hurt them. All of these are psychological things. And some of these are more on the, the subconscious level, and some are more on the conscious level. And I think that's that's the point of this part of the, the kind of training process, is that you should really spend some time especially people in marketing, right? If you're responsible for marketing or any of your team members are in the marketing, they should have some sort of curriculum designed around how do you determine what is, you know, a good customer buying experience? How do you determine what the customer psychology is going to uh, tell you in terms of product design, in terms of pricing? And there are, you know, kind of two minds. The, the conscious mind is the one that starts being very logical. And it's like, I can afford this. I can't afford this. This looks fun. It doesn't look fun. This is, you know, um, uh, would be a great value to my business or this is this lacks value. It's a, kind of a very logical thing. Then there are the, you know, the less conscious aspects. And this is where it's a left brain, right brain scenario. You know, what you can conceive and, and calculate, that's that's the conscious mind that that's where you're really getting into what I believe is the left brain. The right brain is that more creative and unconscious side that is is essentially saying, is there any risk to me in the in the world that I'm uh, living in, right? If I buy this product, is there some chance that I would uh, get fear from this, you know, so I, I want to avoid it? Uh, is there some chance that, you know... Um, I could be embarrassed if I owned this, right? Maybe you got some, uh, remember those old uh, T-shirts where it's uh, it's like a bikini, right? It's a, it's a very, uh, let's say, lurid uh, T-shirt um, and people would wear those. And But some people might not want to wear that because they, they would risk 
being uh, ridiculed or otherwise embarrassed. Some people may uh, want to avoid purchasing your product because it will give them some uh, weird association with their past, right? They, they don't have a sense of tangible, like, I don't like this, but it reminds them of something, even subconsciously, and they therefore avoid it. Now, listen, you can't you can't manage every possible thing, right? Everybody's got some sort of baggage. You can't manage every single thing. But if your product conjures up some generalized uh, unconscious stimuli, then you really need to be, I think, aware of that. And and to whatever extent it makes it better for the customer and more attractive to the customer, you want to double down on it. And anything that you know creates a sense of, I don't want this, um, or otherwise known as maybe avoidance, then you want to open yourself up to um, creating a difference in that product so that you avoid even the unconscious things. So remember that there's there's the you know left and right brain aspect of this. How's the quality? How's the you know functionality? Uh, all of the things that are about calculations and about very clear things. You know, can I afford this? Is how does this compare to its competition in terms of price, quality, value, etc. And, and and the simplest things like, does this work the way I want it to, right? Uh, all of these things are a conscious level and that's the left brain work. And the right brain is saying, hey, no, um, I feel that this is not right for me. And, and maybe you can pin down what that feeling is and maybe you can't. By the way, the, we'll, we may come back to the left brain, right brain problem uh, later on, but the, the right brain uh, is that, that always on part of your brain. It's that part that is your gut feel. Unfortunately, it's not connected to the vocabulary side of your brain, which is on the other side of the brain. And so it creates this situation. If you've ever been in a situation where you've said, I don't like this, but I can't tell you why, that's kind of your gut feel. That's simply because the alarms are going off on the right side of your brain, but it lacks the connectivity to the verbal and the you know uh, communication side to explain exactly why it doesn't like it. And this can manifest itself in many, many different ways. So my whole point is your next milestone is to be able to study you know anything that that can help you focus on attracting customers and diminishing or or minimizing in, in any case uh, potential ways uh, that they might try to avoid your your product. And just thinking about that at, from a psychological basis helps you start to, you know, start to work on the, the parts of your business that are most important to you, right? What you believe about your product and why people should buy is very much irrelevant. And I do think that people get caught up in, well, gosh, I made this. This is how we feel internally. It's like, well, gosh, it looks really good to me. I made this. I don't understand why people don't want it. Well, we're so wrapped up into our own product that we honestly don't see it in a, a fair and objective way. That's just the truth of it. And so figuring out what, what is the external way people view this and having, I, I would say, a pragmatic, unbiased approach to it. In, in fact, it often will help to have outside people, um, whether they're known to you, which carries some risk, by the way. Uh, sometimes when you talk to people that you know, and you're like, what do you think about this? There are some that want to please you. And so they'll tell you things that may or may not 
well, they those people tend to be more positive. And then there's other people who are like, oh, they're coming to me for my advice, so I better come up with a reason why I don't like this to show that I'm adding value. And of course, some of those people are just a-holes. But my point is, if you're too close to it yourself or your, your network where you're asking for opinions is too close, you actually are not doing yourself any service of uh, information, you know, by voidering that audience. What I would highly recommend is that you find, you know, some methodology, whether there, there are lots of services that can do this for you, where you're sending it out and you're getting unbiased feedback, you know, and by the way, you could do this, you know, you can make a, a sample run of 100 units or 200 units, which we've done many times. We put it in the hands of um, either top reviewers or, you know, people who are willing to do a, a real hard look at it and write a report about it. We'll pay some small, reasonable amount of money for it. Sometimes it can just be bloggers, right? You pay them 40, 50 bucks plus a free product. And they'll come back to you with all the things that are wrong with your product or the little subtleties that you may not have ever paid attention to. And this can really, really help you overcome these, you know, kind of built-in biases that um, our customers have. Customer Customers behave as a result of their existing bias. And you're understanding that from a psychological basis I'm not suggesting you go get a psychology degree. I'm suggesting you get serious about understanding how the human mind works. And you can do that through books and videos and this and that. Um, again, I cannot tell you how much I, I love the book Persuasion because it talks about the so subtle details. Um, and one of these goes back a ways, but when the internet was first starting, the the background on a particular website changed the propensity to buy by like eight times. And again, forgive me, maybe it's by four times, maybe it's by 12 times, but the significance of that single tiny nuanced variable was so big because customer bias and the related behaviors because of some of those bias, both conscious and unconscious, are things that need to be thought about and learned about and paid attention to, especially as you get more and more sophisticated marketing. By the way, for those who are saying, well, gosh, I just do um, A-B testing, Steve. I don't have to think about any of this stuff. Uh, fair enough. But all, all of the reasons why things test A-B one way or another are because of these reasons. So the farther and at a more nascent level you understand these things, the better those tests will go and the higher quality the results and iterations of each of those tests will become. So anyway, customer bias and behaviors, that's the next piece of the Founder Foundation's mini-series, everybody. Uh, I hope this is valuable. Please, if you haven't already, subscribe and share and click the like and go ahead and leave us a comment so uh, we know how we're doing. I read a lot of those comments and I do read every review. So this is a good time for you to go to leave a nice review. Uh, five stars, I ain't afraid to beg. Thanks, everybody. See you later. Bye-bye.